0: Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among men, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Just two things tonight as we enter into the beginning of the semester. Uh, One is a story, and the other one is... What is the Lord really asking of us when we say we want to follow Him? For those of you who just prayed the Hail Mary and you're in college, you're, you're way ahead of where I was at when I was in college. I, I learned the Hail Mary when I was a junior and senior in college. So you're wondering, like, uh, uh, he, he, he's a priest, he must be super holy, all those kind of things, but that, that's, a, that's not the reality. I was slow to grow, as they say. When I was a freshman in high school, I was taking physics. And the teacher is actually from Oshkosh in my hometown uh, near Sheboygan, in Howard's Grove, where I'm from. And he's going through the syllabus. When you always get through first class, you go through the syllabus. And then he just said, if you get anything out of this class, this is the one thing. He's like, I want you just to know that there's two types of people in this world, people that live for themselves and people that live for others. There's two types of people in this world, people that live for themselves and people that live for others. Like fast forward like 12 years later when I'm starting to get done with seminary after I encountered the Lord in the Eucharist at a men's conference and my life began to change radically. I wrote up an email and just said, I don't know if you know this or not, but I was just, I was changed that day. It took a long time for that to kind of sink from my head to my heart, what you're saying. But I just want to say, I'll never forget that day. And when I came back to look at my email, he said, I remember that day. And I knew that we were connecting. And he said, by the way, I'm a, I'm a Catholic and I go to mass every day during the summer and I still serve. I want to wish you your best on your ordination There's a story. And the other one is just looking at what is the Lord asking us to follow him. If I, if I say, I am a follower of Jesus, Jesus lays it out so simply for us. Like what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? First thing is, look at St. Peter. Like, what, is, what does he do? He, he just wants to get ahead of Jesus because he doesn't want him to suffer. He doesn't want to see his best friend be crucified, and nor should anyone. So Jesus says, I'm going to suffer for you. This is why I've come. And then very simply, Peter just pulls Jesus aside because he doesn't want to see him suffer. He doesn't want to see that on the cross. And by the way, our crosses are very beautiful in the Catholic Church. It was much worse than that. He says, God forbid, Lord, no such thing shall ever happen to you. And Jesus rebukes him. And sometimes the Lord does that to us. He says, get behind me, Satan. You are an obstacle to me. You, you can't be an obstacle to Jesus if you're behind him and he's in front of you. You can't be an obstacle. So the first thing is to follow him. And he's just saying, like, you're thinking as man does, not as, not as God does. Like God thinks of us and how he can help us and, and deliver us from whatever bondage or chains we're going through. And Jesus has this intimate relationship with, with Peter as he wants with all of us. But then after he gets done talking to Peter and rebuking Peter he turns to the disciples which is all of us and he says whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself. There is the first thing. There must be self-denial. To be a Christian is not to say I live for myself. My eyes are focused on the Lord and he shows me where He want, who, who or where he wants me to serve. So the first one is self-denial. So maybe just ask yourself have I been living for myself or have I been living for others. The second, one, second thing that Jesus says is you must take up your cross. And this is the hard one because that means there's suffering that's gonna happen. But before Jesus, suffering had no purpose. But what Jesus does is when we, take, when we take up our cross and it's usually when we're serving others and we see the brokenness or we see the things that just seem to drive us crazy or maybe just me, what he's doing in a very mystical way He's saying, when I was on the cross, I felt everything. I felt all the anger, all the abuse, all the betrayal, all the lust, all the indifference. I felt it all. So when you take up your cross and you feel suffering, what he's doing is he's taking a sliver from his cross and letting you feel. Like that's what a transformed mind does. As St. Paul called us to be transformed by the renewal of our mind. Don't be conformed to this age. What does this age do with suffering? Not a lot, and it's, a lot of it's wasted. To know that, that it's actually a form of intimacy and what I can do when I pick up my cross and I feel the suffering, I take that sliver and I, I, I say, Lord, what are you trying to teach me? And usually it's, I'm trying to teach you how much I love you and how much I suffered for you. It's like this first thing. But then he says, you can, you can pray with that suffering. You can use that. And it's out, some of the most powerful prayers you can offer as a follower of Jesus is, is from that suffering heart. In your agony, when you're weeping, when you are just going bananas, it is just, what, what do I do with this person? What do I do with this sickness? What do I do with this anxiety that I'm feeling, this depression I'm feeling, or this depression my my friends? I, I don't know how to help them. And Jesus says, come next to the cross and pray with me. Because as the world spins, and, it, and for many of us, as we enter into the campus, as we enter into transition college, like things are just moving so fast, and the Lord just says, well, just slow down for a second. Why don't you look at me on the cross? Like really look at me and how much I love you. And we enter into that gaze that know that he never asks us to do anything he didn't do. And he now re- redeems our suffering. We have something to do with our suffering. And the third thing then, he says, is to follow me. So that means wherever Jesus is going, I must go, too. And a lot of times for us, we don't want to go to Jerusalem as he's going to Jerusalem to see the suffering, to see what our sins have done to him to see what indifference does to people. But when you go with Jesus to Jerusalem and you see how much he cares about you individually, uniquely, just you, the one thing is you never feel, is you never feel alone. And there's so much loneliness that people seem to struggle with, or maybe it's just me, but there's never loneliness when you follow Jesus. He's always with you. He's never far from you. We might be far from him. We might be like Peter as he got closer to Jerusalem. He began to follow Jesus at a distance. But true followers of Jesus try to always remain close to him no matter what. And that can be gut-wrenching. That can be painful. But when we just encounter the Lord at at the cross, there's, there's no greater way to know how much you are loved. Like if you were the only person on earth, he would have died for you. Like he's he's not a man who lived for himself. He's a man who lived for others. And just to drive that point more deeply, Jesus really asks, like, what are you living for? He says, "Whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake, he'll find it." And how many people do they just feel lost in the shuffle? They feel unseen. We have to know that our God doesn't see crowds. He sees his sons and daughters. Our God, who is Jesus, he doesn't see crowds. He sees you, not y'all, but you. And he just asks us from the genuineness of his heart, what profit would there be for one to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? To be a sellout, to live a, a double life, to always wonder what if I gave my heart totally to the Lord? Like during the pandemic, like if you didn't start meditating upon your death I don't know what would wake you up to start thinking about that, but what salvation from Jesus does is he, he took death upon himself. He conquered death. So actually the person who follows Jesus doesn't fear death the way the world fears death. The, the person who follows Jesus and has surrendered to the wife and they're picking up their cross, they're denying themselves, what their greatest fear is this. Lord, did I love enough? Like when we die, we should look back and see all the people we touched. Because Jesus called us to go serve them, to go help them, to go be with them in their brokenness and to lift them up. Like when you die, all the stuff that you, you work for, or many people work for, maybe it's just me as I see it. Like they put all their energy into this world. But like if you ever felt like you don't belong here, it's because you don't. Like, you and I are created for heaven. We're created for that fullness of relationship. And there's a battle going on, and Jesus is well aware of that. Like, there's a battle going on for your soul. I mean, in college, this is where a lot of it, for us, it gets really, really crazy. Because by the age of 23, only 18% of you are going to be Catholic. Unless we change, start, start denying ourselves. First two weeks of, of college are some of the most important. A lot of studies say that the first two weeks of friends you you make will be the friends the next four to five years. You have to ask yourself like Are, are my friends like are, are they people who live for themselves or do they live for others? Are they a, a person who just is selfish or selfless? Like are they Are they denying themselves? Am I denying myself? Do I have anybody mentoring me, like showing me like How do I How do I do this? That's why the Newman Center exists. To walk with you, to encourage you. We have missionaries here, we have interns here, we have some students who have been here for a while, and they're here to walk with you. I just want to ask, like, right now, like, for those who are sophomores, juniors, and seniors, as you're looking into your your semester, maybe you're, um, like, are, are you looking at, like, how you can grow or how you can help others grow? Are you looking at, like, is it all about me still, or... Is all about him and how I can help others encounter him. Like, are you thinking, how can I find maybe a freshman or a transfer student who's new here and welcome them in? And to show them this Jesus who loves us to the point of dying for us. Just very simply, my prayer tonight is that you become a man or a woman of God. Who doesn't live for themselves but lives for others? And that might take a long time. Like it took me like twelve years, right? For that to sink from my head to my heart. But I can go back to that day and I can say that was a day of transformation. St. Paul says, again, pray for the transformation of your minds. The the word mind there's actually soul. Um but like what is the will of God? Like, what does God want? what is good, pleasing, and perfect to him. And if you begin to take that just one step at a time, just slowing things down, because it's a long trip to Jerusalem, like what could, your, what could your semester look like? What could this campus look like? Like I can't do this on my own. Like I need you guys. None of us can do this alone. And that's kind of the, the, the MO, the modus operandi, the mode of operation for so many is I got to act like I have it all together, exteriorly, but interiorly, I'm a freaking mess. But the thing is, the Lord loves messes. He was literally born in the one. The crucifix was a complete mess. What the Lord does is he takes our messes and he changes it into a message. To say your life has value and you have something to share. You have a gift. But then what he does is takes that message and he he changes you into a messenger to go share something with others. That might mean, Lord, I don't don't want to, but again, that's that's that self-denial. And if if not you, then who is the question? Like, if you don't deny yourself and take your cross and follow him, like, who's going to show anyone else how to do it? And it actually doesn't mean there's any pressure on you. Just the question is, like, if if you're just, like, totally self-indulging, you're avoiding any, any suffering. And you're not following Jesus. Like, how's life going for you? I'll share my story as we go through the semester and, and the year. But I was, one thing I was never is, I was never joyful. Like, I was just so self-indulgent. It's always what's in it for me. What can I get out of this instead of what can I give to this? So just enter this semester. It's just a simple invitation for us tonight because it's always an invitation. The Lord never forces you to do anything. It is to ask, like, what's my thing I'm going to deny myself of for others, not for myself? And if you ask God, he will reveal it to you. He loves speaking to us. We have a God who loves speaking to us. It might mean less time in your cell phone, so you can be present to others. It might be, hey, there's someone behind you. Open the door for them. Deny yourself. Serve. It might be, hey, come to the Newman Center. Be in front of, my, be in front of Jesus in the Holy Eucharist. Because the one thing I can guarantee you the Newman Center can offer you is a peace that the world can't. Because that's what Jesus affords us. But it comes at a cost. If it costs Jesus everything to cost the apostles everything and the saints throughout it. Why do we often think that I can be, go, go halvesies with the Lord? Like why, why were they willing, so willing to die for him? It's because you loved them in a way that no one else could. And the way he loved them, again, he doesn't see crowds. He sees his sons and daughters. Like you are unique. You are special to him. And we have a, a unique opportunity on this campus to help other people experience that and receive that and, and, and struggle with that. But, then, but once you accept that, you surrender to it. It's so great that it must be shared with others. So let's just take a moment of silence and just take a deep breath. To follow Peter and just look at The Lord said, get behind me. So let's make sure we're behind the Lord. We're not getting ahead of him, slowing things down. And to know that our Lord loves us so much, he tells us what it takes to follow him. If I'm going to call myself a Christian, a follower of Jesus, first of all, I must deny myself. Then I must take up my cross, accept the suffering, unite it with him, and then follow him. So we pause and we pray. We ask the Lord to transform not just the way we think, but the way we live. Amen.